at what point in this conversation I started recording. <laughs> Oops. But we but we're recording. Uh, All right. And this is episode. I didn't know we were recording the whole time. I wasn't sure. I, I you know I think I missed the first few minutes of Schwarzenegger talk between you guys. Yeah, but you, then, you missed some gems. And then John. we talked. And then we talked about Schwarzenegger some more. And then we talked about Stallone. And then I was thinking like, well, this is actually sounding like a topic. Uh, on the show so but once again we find ourselves just kind of drifting into recording an episode but i'm john i'm rod i'm steve and this is what episode 130 episode 130 of movie schmovie yeah welcome welcome back and what's our topic tonight steve well john i'm glad you asked uh this this week's episode is going to be based around cinematic idiots um we were talking about some ideas for different shows and i don't even know what i watched when i was like I gotta send this to John on Facebook real quick before I forget <laughs> it, because I'm also dumb at moments in my life. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, man, it'd be fun to just talk about some of the dumbest characters we've ever had the pleasure of watching on screen. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, sometimes it's just a lot of fun to watch a dumb character. And it's also oftentimes the funniest character in a thing is the dumb character. Absolutely. And oftentimes yeah. that's what you remember about certain films is that character who kind of livened things up. In in that way, what, sure. Um, what was your impression of that when we said cinematic idiots? Were you thinking along the lines like because the the first thing I realized was the first thing I realized was there's certain people that that you can't call an idiot without it being offensive. Yeah. So like if someone seemed to actually have a problem, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't feel I, comfortable putting them on the list. Do you mean I like thought... it was like a spe- someone special? Yeah, I want to say that, but I, I but I mean even one of those I mean, characters who's funny. I, just said it for I was. You. <laughs> This sounds terrible, man. I was going to say Lenny. Lice <laughs> <laughs> of Men? Lice of Men. That's, but, then, but then when I thought about, like, he, he wouldn't mean that type of... Because he, he had a problem. Yeah, I don't think, Steve, I don't think we would call that... that I don't think we would call him... <laughs> I'm very idiot. happy that you yeah. actually texted us and to clarify earlier what we meant by this episode. How shitty would have been if I was just like, Lenny, what a fucking idiot. It was like, man, that's... Not the criteria. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that because it's like it's a harsh <laughs> word to say. It's almost like a word that I don't think I, I bet we're not supposed to call people idiots anymore because the word used to mean like technically a person with like the intelligence of a three year old, and like that I, I meant knew. that meant was applied oftentimes to someone who had a mental disability. <laughs> but just to be clear, we're not talking about that. You know, it's so we, funny we may about... be talking as that, but we're not talking about that. We're we would about... easily fit into that category. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> The way that you let mental disability leave your lips made me yeah. laugh. Mental disability. Mental disability, yes. Mental disability. We're not talking about a rectal disability. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking about that, actually. We're talking about characters that are just like in that nether region between reality and non-reality. Characters that are so stupid. The gooch of... The that, gooch of... That they sort of drive the plot around them in some strange yeah. ways sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes they stand in the way of the plot. And sometimes they're the reason why the hero can't can't do the thing that they, they want to do. And sometimes they're the reason why the bad guy can't do what they want to do. So it is interesting that, like, and, d- and dummies are all over the movies, I guess, is what yeah. I'm saying. The protagonist normally says something like, dang, damn it. Yeah. You get no more nerves, you varmint. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> is one of your choices animated? <laughs> or, or is another topic we could do in the future cinematic varmint? <laughs> no, I, I used that, some similar to that, Ronald. I actually thought every one of these characters is somebody that if I knew them, I would, to them or under my breath, at some point I would say, idiot. Yeah. Like, you idiot. <laughs> you know, like, because sometimes idiot, I can mean it almost like a term of endearment. Like, if you made a really stupid joke and I thought it was funny, I might want to say idiot at that. But yeah. we're not talking about, like, 
you know, there's some characters that are idiots in that, um, like SpongeBob or something like that, where it's like they're idiots just because they're. You, you would want to shake them about half the time you knew them, yeah. but you can't really say that they're that they're truly dumb or or they're not. They don't seem 100 percent dumb. But do you, so looking at your list, Steve, did, did you find that these were funny characters to revisit and funny scenes to revisit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just basically I, I don't want to say what movie I was watching when I was thinking about it, but because one of the characters on my list, but. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything you were just saying. I just, I just feel like these are the characters that, in most cases in my list, are in comedies mm-hmm. and are, a, are very, uh, what's the word? Like, I guess it's just a, simply a unique character. Yeah. Because of how committed it is to that kind of character. Yeah. And it just goes all in. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, no, definitely a lot of good laughs when coming up. I, I made a very long list, so I have some also ran, so okay. I'll call some audibles if you guys steal my choices. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, definitely some some laughs to be shared, hopefully. Well, who wants to jump in and get us started on Cinematic Idiots? Ronald does. Sure, absolutely. So, uh, let me get to my document. Um, so, one of my favorite movies of all time, which I hated when I first saw, was Zoolander. Yo! Oh, I shouldn't have given it to you. God now, damn you. Okay, so here's Son the thing. Son of a bitch. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everybody picks Ben Stiller's character. Okay, so then I'll piggyback. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick Derek. You can pick the other. Okay. You guys can tag team. Yeah. We got to. Played by uh, Will Ferrell. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I invented the piano key necktie. I invented it. What have you done, Derek? Nothing! You've got nothing! Nothing! No, I thought... I loved his character because he was an idiot in a different sort of way. Like, he was, like, furious about the wrong things and kind of silly and directing his anger towards things that he really shouldn't have. And right. I, I like that sort of idiot. The kind of bumbling idiot. I, I, I tend to align more with people like Ben Stiller's character. Because I, I think we all have this idea that we're, we're kind of serious about our stuff. And mm-hmm. kind of on the outside, I think we're all sort of silly. Well, yeah, Zoolander is an idiot. Yeah. But you, you're yes. right in the sense that he, you might consider him relatable. Like, yeah. that's, even within being an idiot, he, he's like he's a guy who's insecure and he's trying to, you know, he's, he's there's this up and comer. I mean, he's he's smart enough to know... That he's up against something and that he's he's not where he wants to be and that he's not getting the respect that he wants. But that's about all that he can muster up. It's <laughs> yeah. like he's just smart enough to realize that there's a threat, you know. But yeah. So Steve, I'm imagining that that no, might be the uh, yeah. character that you chose. One of my yeah, one of my picks was gonna yeah. be Derek Zoolander. Perfect. Um, yeah. When I thought of it, it was like yeah, he's a perfect idiot. That's actually what I was watching when I was like, we should do an episode like about these kinds of guys. Because mm-hmm. you really could pick him, Hansel, or Mugatu or yeah. whatever his name was. Um but yeah, just Derek Zoolander, I think, and more recently with the stuff coming out about you know the filming, uh, filming a sequel and everything, and clips of him and Owen Wilson. Um, I too did not love this movie when I first saw it, but yeah. upon repeat viewings, I grew to love this movie. It's crazy, right? Just simply because of how crazy dumb it is. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like mm-hmm. you know everything that he has trouble with is everything but the way he looks. You know right. what I mean? Like he can't speak properly. He has no term of or no 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 idea of human interaction. Like, 
like he like I've, like he says like eulogy like you Google it. He spells day D A I Y E. Like stupid shit like that. And like you know the scene where like Mugatu like shows on the school model. Like you walk into that scene before everybody quotes that scene to death because we've all seen the movie. Like you know what's what's he gonna say? And he's so committed to being that dumb yeah. that he like literally thinks that that is the school. Yeah. For kids who can't read good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just stuff like that. It's so silly and fun that yeah. uh, I don't know, man. I just the only thing he cares about is how good he looks, and that's the only thing that matters. And like you know, that's such a great just kind of take on some things in society, especially that mm-hmm. world. I guess you can dare a lick. My balls, Capitan. I can derelict my own balls, thank you very much. You think you're too cool for school. But I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. You aren't. But it's just so much fun to watch. Yeah. And, and and the scenes with him and, and Owen Wilson together when they team up at the end when they're trying to steal the files. Yeah. And the files are in the computer. I just, I mean, I can yeah. watch that movie all the time. Like, I, yeah, I love that movie. And, and um, Derelict My Balls. Every, every, every. Might be one of the best lessons. Every, every little zinger he has or tie-in, that, you know, that, to, to that industry. Yeah. Like, you know, slogans and like. <laughs> the the way that how shallow it is, yeah. You know, yeah. We, I was to I went to a concert this past week, and they there was a cover band and they played uh, Wham's "Wake Me Up," uh, and 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 the and as soon as it kicks in, the only thing in my mind is not like Wham or George Michael or the music video for that movie or, or that song. It's the scene at the gas station in Zoolander <laughs> when they're dancing around that song, yeah. shooting gas at each other, yeah. like drinking their whatever they were orange mocha fraps or whatever yeah. they were. Just like so much silly fun in that movie, so and his character is just like a character, like a dumb character for for the ages. I mean, well, to yeah. see that kind of silliness spun out and maintained for a whole movie, yeah. you know, I mean, I remember thinking, in again, the movie does. You're right. I think we all sounded like we had the same experience with it because when I saw it, I, I remember thinking it was funny, but it didn't seem. I think that often happens with comedies, though, where you see yeah. them the first time and you think they're okay. Right. Like, I remember when I was a kid seeing Three Amigos and thinking it was just okay. Oh, right. But, I mean, like, within, you know, 10 or 20 <laughs> cable viewings later, you <laughs> yeah. recognize maybe maybe not. Like, maybe okay the first time just means there's room for you to find gags the second and third and fourth yeah. time. Yeah, Um And, I mean, I, the other thing is that when I saw that, speaking of Three Amigos, that was when I was a kid and I had that feeling of, like, oh, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. And for some reason, I, I don't know if I thought it was, mm-hmm. but now that seems like a movie that almost every scene has something hilarious yeah. in it. Oh, yeah. So and um, I, I'm almost surprised I didn't think about those characters in light of this idiot's list because there's some good idiot yeah. behavior in Three Amigos, too. Um, but uh, with regards to Zoolander, it is one that if you see it on cable, because pretty much every scene has something you remember, something incredibly stupid, and it's just they don't shy away from it. They have a character that's that stupid, and it, the whole movie follows it down. <laughs> and that means any kind of moment that you want to have that's not funny is like undercut by that character's stupidity. Yeah. Um, I, th- I felt that way watching the, the SpongeBob movie recently, the second one, SpongeBob of Water, <laughs> with Henry. It was so great to see a movie with all these animated films that are that are full of all this, you know, the Pixar kind of like magical wonder and everything that they try to uh, hit you with and the the graphics and everything. It was great to see a movie like SpongeBob that even though it was well animated, it's really nice to look at actually, 
But it's it's a joke delivery system. Yep. Like joke, joke, joke. And there's no moment that can't be undercut by the comedy. There's no there's no sappy moment that doesn't have a joke coming behind <laughs> it. You know, and it's great to see that sometimes. To see that like they just because they have a budget and they're making a feature film, it doesn't mean that they're trying to hit you with something sincere. It doesn't mean like with Zoolander, you, you don't you like him. You you don't want to see something bad happen to him, but it's more about the jokes. It's just great to see a movie that does that, that actually tries to make like every scene funny and they're not gonna sa- they're not gonna sap out on you and say it's all about a romance or it's all about this character learning something. It's yeah. all it's still gonna be about a joke, you know. I think yeah. that is it's it, there are so many comedies that cop out in that sense that they're only a little bit funny, you know. Yeah. But something like Zoolander is like it it's it's trying to be funny from beginning to end. And I remember seeing Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Like the first fifteen minutes of that movie, I was like tired from laughing. It was like this movie couldn't get any sillier and any right. more fun. And I feel like that movie did a pretty good job of staying in the tone too. Um anyway, I just think that's interesting. You know, there's a lot of movies that don't that a lot of comedies that don't really try to be comedies from beginning to end. And something like Zoolander does. So And not only just stay a comedy, but you have a bar that Zoolander sets and then the fact that Ronald can pick a different character that is mm-hmm. the cinematic idiot of that movie. It's almost like they try to up the bar with like yeah. when you see Hansel and you see, you know, Will Ferrell's character. Like it's like who is the dumbest yeah. of these yeah. dumb? You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 right. Great. It's not just one dumb character in a world of people that that aren't dumb. It's like right. every person you encounter, even you get to know them a little bit more, they're 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 dumb too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I I I'll say Derek. I mean, you you can. All right. We'll, so we'll my first one. I don't know. On if one. This is one. It's funny that when you mm-hmm. mentioned doing this topic. Okay. Um, I thought of this person instantly, and I had to go back and kind of re- refresh my memory about the certain specifics about it. But this was a case where it was the first time I'd seen this actor, and it was a perfect marriage of character and actor in that sense that when you don't have an association with someone and they're they're playing something really well, you know, you just really believe someone could be that dumb. Mm. And Bill Pullman in Ruthless People as Earl Mott. Wow. I I totally. Like he was I the dumbest. He was the movie. dumbest character I'd ever seen when I saw this movie when I was a kid. He's like bleach blonde. He's like a boy toy. It's a, it's a really tangled film. This was wow. when we're digging back into it. I found that the plot itself is so tricky and, and interesting, and it really is an interesting comedy plot that escalates. But the whole thing is there's a there's a blackmail scheme, and he is Danny DeVito's mistress, her other boyfriend. Who she she's trying to blackmail Danny DeVito, and she's got her her boy toy running around doing errands for her, and he every he messes everything up, you know he thinks he's getting video of a murder, but he's actually getting video of the chief of police having sex with a prostitute, and then they send the tape without looking at it to the police to try to incriminate this guy, and it, the chief of police thinks they're trying to blackmail him. Right. It's that kind of film, but he just doesn't get anything like. Um, you know their plan is to to take the blackmail money and go to uh, Tahiti, and he thinks they're going to Haiti. I mean, it's that it's that kind of character. <laughs> yeah. Did you shoot at me? No, you moron! There's police all over the place, hundreds of them. Do I look that stupid? Yes, you do. If you shot at me, where's your gun? Well, you're too sharp for me. You got me figured out. I don't have one. That was a brand new tire. Give me your keys. I don't believe this. Give the bag to Bozo, drop the gun, and put your hands in the air. 
Who said that? This could very well be the stupidest person on the face of the earth. Perhaps we should shoot him. So Earl Mott, uh, played by Bill Pullman in Ruthless People from 1986. Other thing worth mentioning is that this movie had a $9 million budget and it made $71 million in the box wow. office. So for 1986, that's a huge that's hit. That's a hit. It's a huge, huge hit, yeah. So my pick. I feel like these two, I feel like this next pick is just so typical. Brick, Brick Tamlin from Anchorman. You can't say that's typical because it's, it's right. It's a home run, though. It's yeah, right down the middle. Like I mean, that is, is he is the he's he maybe one of the best idiots yeah. ever. Yeah, <laughs> so good at being an idiot. And even in the convoluted sequel, which I, I don't know, you know, yeah, I don't know how anybody feels about it. I thought it was a weird movie. I thought it kind of fed too much off of the first movie yeah. and and didn't do the didn't have the payoffs that the first one had. But he was consistently mm-hmm. pretty amazing from. Just being completely oblivious to situations, to showing up at his own funeral in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> just amazing things like that. It's just his commitment to being an idiot. And and what's even more amazing about it is it's not the same sort of idiot that he played in The Office. Oh, yeah, totally part. different. It's it's very different, very mm-hmm. different tone to it. And that shows kind of the range that he has comedically. I love carpet. I love desk. Brick, are you just looking at things in the office and saying that you love them? I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. Yeah, that's another movie where almost every line has become quotable. And and Brick Tamlin, yeah, just... I mean, Steve Carell is one of those comedy ninjas that we talk about sometimes, and he's just... He's great at doing that, and, and seeing him channel himself into a character almost kind of that limited you would think it would be disappointing that you would want to see him have more to do but often in many many scenes in that film the what puts the bow on it is something his character says or just his character like you said completely oblivious to like not just what's going on but like what the implications of what's going on between his friends i mean he's completely yeah yeah he's like a he's like a baby essentially in a man's body so there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's it may okay. be obvious, but it's like it's 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 perfect. It's not obvious. <laughs> gotcha. Uh my next pick is actually going to be a duo. I'm going to go uh, I'm going to Walker you guys real right. quick. Okay. Only because and, and and this is also a good point too because this is another movie and I try to keep this in mind that when I first saw it I liked did not love, but on repeat viewing I grew to love the movie. So the characters, uh, let me make sure I have their names right, are Brennan Huff and Dale Doback from Step Brothers. Uh. So independently, separate from another, John C. Riley, Will Ferrell, you could probably find a character that they've done that could probably make this list. John, I mean, Ronald already mentioned one earlier. Yeah. But something about seeing them and that together, wasn't even one of the major like the major contenders for Will Ferrell on this list either, you know? Right, exactly. Right. But them together, yeah. like with their powers combined as mm-hmm. the ultimate man child, it just like blows my mind watching that movie how how stupid they are and how like they have no idea of how you know, like like this the the importance of where they should be in their life. You know, like no jobs, they're scared of women. They're completely dependent on their parents. But then the things that they hold on to are like the little things that we held on to when we were six and seven years old, like what we had in common as kids, you know, things like that. 
I'm just looking to hire guys that I don't mind hanging out with for like 12 hours a day. You guys seem like cool guys. Got hair similar to mine. You wear tuxedos to the interview. That's funny. It's ironic. I get that. You're kind of underplaying the whole formality of it. I think that's funny as hell. So let's do this. You know, you guys are hired. You're in, you know, unless you're like the weirdest guys ever and I don't see it. Great. Was that a fart? I don't know. I can taste it. On my tongue. Okay, I'll be honest with you, I did fart. Is that onion? Onion and onion and ketchup. It stinks. This is a small room. Shit. Okay, now the tuxedos seem kind of fucked up. And just seeing them get themselves into situations that are regular situations for people at the age that they're at. Mm -hmm. um, and how they deal with them. You know, the job interviews. You know, the sleepovers. You know, sleepwalking, like that scene. Like, I just, I, I can't, I can't, I die, like, laughing, watching those scenes. Like, I've watched them time and time again, and they're so dumb. Like, they're so dumb. But if one person was doing them, I feel like I'd probably get tired of it. But because each of them have, like, their own little sweet spot, you know, as a character actor or in that character, they each hit a spot so well that, like, when they're together... And you, get, and you get enough of them also away from each other, too, which is great about the movie, too. When he tried to bury him. Yes, I know. <laughs> and John C. Riley wakes up and is like, are you burying me? He's like, be quiet, I'm burying you. That's intensely funny, man. No, there's I so many. handle that scene. There's so, many, there's so many funny scenes with them. but And especially the fact that they hate each other. So, like, their idi... Their... What is... Their idiocy? Yes. Yeah. Their idiocy... Is, Were you going to say idiocracy? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Their idiocy is like, like going against one another, yeah. but when they combine it and come mm -hmm. up with prestige worldwide, then we see what our true powers are <laughs> when we put them together. You know, they brought us boats and hose. You know, <laughs> I just I just thank them both, and that's another movie. You know, I feel like this is like the the, the this is like the measuring stick for the character that I'm thinking about for this when coming up with this idea or like discussing this idea is that like. I may love the movie now, but not until I saw it a few times that I realized that it's that those silly ass characters yeah. that sell this movie to me on repeat viewings. And now, like you know, it's it's quotable. It's like you yeah. know, mm -hmm. I say three things and like we're all dying laughing. We yeah. know exactly what the scene is. Well, so like those guys working together. I mean, I don't know. Are we are we spoiling anybody's? Does anybody have any any of their other characters or collaborations on the list, or can we just kind of talk a little bit about uh, their chemistry? No, I don't think. So. I think Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. The way they play off of each other is just amazing. Yeah, you know, it's like John, yeah. and and it was partially because as funny as Will Ferrell was, and we knew from SNL that he he could be funny, and then he hit that spell of those movies. Like he's done a lot of movies, but we all know the movies that are like the real ones, like the you know, Anchorman, Talladega Nights, yep. Step Brothers. Uh, John C. Riley was such a discovery to me. It was around that time oh, so that I was true. that I was so getting true. into like as the, his Steve Brule stuff for the Tim and Eric show. Yeah, and he was just so funny and surprising in that. And it's like I expected maybe these people who've been on sketch comedy and improv and stuff to be funny in this environment. But John C. Riley isn't just like good. He might be the best. Yeah, he's he's, he's so like good. an incredible actor who knows how to not just be funny, but like he dials it down. Like he can make himself so like. Idiotic. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, there's it, the light in his eyes. I mean, there's something kind of 
there's just something that that guy has just a, a an energy and a spark to his performances when he's when he's playing that type of character yeah. that is like infectious. You know, you find it's like lovable and hilarious, and he can. You know what I mean? That vacant yeah. look he can oh, get yeah. in his oh, face. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so this movie, as I know a lot of people don't like Step Brothers that much. And maybe as, the movie definitely as a has movie, a lot of does, flaws. It, right, it doesn't yeah, hang it, together. It, but, it doesn't hold together all the but way But what it does, it's a delivery system for, oh for those two guys bouncing off of each other with literally yeah. nothing to it except these two characters are dumb and they are interacting. <laughs> That's yeah. what that movie is for you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like the, the job interview scene. <laughs> the tuxedo. Oh my god! My next so job, good. I want to go to an interview like that. So good. We should do it together. Yeah. Even though I'm only the one interviewing. Yeah, right. So good. God, that movie was so. Yeah, hilarious. and like, yeah, those two together in 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 Talladega Nights, I think is. Yeah. That, that was also a, a you know, and also ran for me, but yeah, they and and you're right. Like he was a discovery. Like I feel like my not that that was all he did, but I always associated him with like what I had felt about him in a lot of. uh the P.T. Anderson. Anderson films like like in Boogie Nights and Magnolia he's, in which he's funny like if you look no. back at Boogie Nights now he seems really funny in yeah it. but now because I have a different reference right. to his like comedic ability yeah. I, I find it a different kind of funny but in the tone of that movie it didn't play that way when I right. first saw it you know it's just kind of like an eccentric character right and he seemed like an oddball I think exactly. what it is, is he had an odd voice or something and then in Magnolia he's playing a little bit more of a grounded character right. but I remember even then thinking oh that actor he's interesting he does something odd he brings something to this character I still never I was not looking at him as like a comic genius the way yeah. I think of him now right no, yeah, just uh, maybe PT man. just knew. I mean, like it's yeah. it's interesting. Cause, well, he like, was also in Hard Eight. Did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. Like that that's more of a straight. Yeah, like, that's much more yeah. of a straight yeah, drama. character. Oh, He's been around for a while, and it's just you're right. Like right around that time, it's something just kept comedically just kind of hitting us with more and more and more. And then the serious stuff is. He's just a really versatile guy, man. Oh yeah. All right. Well, my next pick is one where. And this was one where, I, as I was watching clips from this film, I just felt like I, I laughed so hard at this character watching these clips today. So I feel very confident in my choice. From 1999, uh, Eddie Murphy as Jifferson Ramsey. <laughs> Jif Ramsey. The uh, the sort of, we find out later, he's actually like the brother of Kit Ramsey, the, the cool, you know, uh, like... I, I mean, what are we going to say? Like, it's called Mindhead in the movie, but it's like a Scientology type organization that the Kit Ramsey character belongs to, and that's Eddie Murphy playing like a Hollywood, like a you know, not quite a Tom Cruise type, but like a big star who's mm. got, got his you know, who's who's kind of under the thrall of this cult, and Steve Martin plays Bowfinger, who is a, a down on his luck director who's kind of surreptitiously filming Kit Ramsey for his film, but they need some some footage they can't get, and so they're looking for someone that looks like. Kit Ramsey, and the person that they find is Jifferson. Jifferson Ramsey. I feel like that's such an underrated movie. It really is, and watching clips from it, you'll feel that way even more, because literally every scene had something that was funny in it. And it, But, I mean, Steve Martin is funny in it. Um, you know, Heather Graham is good. Uh, even Jamie Kennedy has got some moments in it. But, um, but Eddie Murphy is like, I mean, again, comedy ninja. We know this guy can be really good. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe was this maybe the last time that he was this like unique and good and funny? Because a lot of times I find that comedians they have like something they can do that right. like factors into their comedy, and it's like a character you haven't seen him play before. When he popped up as this super nerdy, brace face, grinning guy, would you be uh, willing to show your naked rear end in a movie? Me 
Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> this is hard. Uh, just one more question. In addition to being a major star in this film, would you also be willing to run errands? Oh, gosh, I, I'm really hoping to get a career running errands. That'd be a major boost for me. What'd you say your name was? Um, Jefferson. Jefferson? Jeff. Uh, Jeff, my friends call me Jeff. Jeff, well, Jeff, welcome aboard. Here's your wardrobe. <laughs> All right. All right, awesome, awesome. All right. I've never seen that movie. Are you oh, serious? <laughs> wow, you would love it. But I mean, it's it's it, back to what I was saying. It's Eddie Murphy doing something that you haven't seen him do in his other films. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and also not playing. Not only is he not playing the cooler than everyone else guy that he'd played in so many movies yeah. that kind of got stale. He was also playing another character in this film who is the parody of the cooler than everybody in the room guy yeah. who's actually a crackpot. And I just feel like this is a case where someone wrote a funny character and brought him in to play it and it didn't have the sort of sort of ego vanity project type yeah. thing. I mean, he's done things since where he's trying to be this funny, but I mean, look at something like Norbit, which was just oh. reviled by everybody. But somewhere in there is him trying to do character work and trying to do stuff he hasn't done before. So I believe that with really good material, Eddie Murphy could be funny, but I just don't know that he's... He just doesn't seem to be looking for really good material and risks. And I mean, I guess I don't blame him. The guy like, seems like he goes off and records a reggae song with Snoop Dogg and and then he pops up in a drama here or there. You know, he just doesn't seem yeah. that interested in doing this type of thing. But, you know, you saw how like just watching that scene, like oh, so his face, you're just it's every little expression is funny. I don't know. The guy just is funny. And, yeah. and that character, when I thought of it, it was just too perfect. Um, yeah, you should see it. You should definitely see Bowfinger. I mean, it's it's. Amongst those movies about people making movies, it had actually the benefit of being about like an interesting group of characters. But it's another one of those, like we were saying before, about it's a comedy that's just trying to be funny. It's not. It does have characters that you're supposed to kind of root for, but the end of the movie, you're not supposed to be going, "Oh, great, they succeeded!" At the end of the movie, they're still just a bunch of you know losers who who had like a small victory. But you're not like going, "Oh, I'm glad he got the girl," or right, "I'm glad yeah. he got the job," or something. It's just about getting laughs. So. From Bowfinger, Eddie Murphy as Jifferson Ramsey. Gotcha. That movie, by the way, uh, uh, not as big of a hit, uh, was made for $55 million, which in 1999, I guess which is a lot of money for this type of comedy. Yeah. And it made just shy of $100 million in Who the, directed that? In the box office. That was uh, Frank Oz directed Oh, right, right, right. From a Steve, Steve Martin script. <clears throat> okay. And I think if you know Steve Martin's writing... The fact that Jifferson is definitely a, a Steve Martin character name, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Bowfinger also. All right, so my pick, my next pick is um, uh, Thurman from Dinner for Schmucks, played by Zach Galifianakis. So, not the best <laughs> movie I've ever seen, but Zach Galifianakis in a cape, being an absolute idiot, and an asshole at the same time is priceless. And his laugh, is, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. sort of laugh, I, there's something, he's really good at playing sort of idiots that are completely unaware of how terrible they are. Barry, your friend is a high roller. You are hiding something. Wait a minute, no, wait. Um, uh, can we just stick to the issue at hand? Oh, you almost had me. 
but you cannot declare offshore investment losses against future capital gains. Any child knows that. I'll have to ask my accountant about that. <laughs> uh. Mr. Conrad, you, my friend, are being audited. No, 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 no. Call the 800 number. I release you. He was kind of a villain in this movie, and I don't really see him as a villain very often. Right. Yeah, and that's, it, was, it was good to see. And him being an asshole and extra idiotic. Yeah, like an antagonistic yeah. character. Yeah. Him thinking that he has a one-up on someone and kind of leaning back in his seats like, oh, I figured you out. And kind of, <laughs> you know, it's so hilarious, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Zach Galifianakis, was he not also kind of an antagonist in Road? What was the one where it's him and Robert Downey Jr. traveling? Due date. Due date. Wasn't he kind of, or was he, was he like supposed to be a lovable guy in that? From the trailer, it looked like yeah, he was supposed to be that obnoxious. Was, that movie was. I don't even remember that awful. movie. I know I saw yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't. Was it Jamie Foxx? Not good. Blech. Was that Jamie Foxx? Yeah, he's in yeah. that too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't look very funny. It's a terrible movie. But he had a funny gag in the <clears throat> in the trailer. Is what made me think of it, where yeah. he laughs at um, Robert Downey Jr.'s talking about his dad and how his dad, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, like wasn't around when he was a kid or whatever. And then Zach Galifianakis starts doing that, yeah. that that laugh, and like he's laughing because his dad would never do that to him because his dad loved him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was super funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very. You think that Jack Black is is like watching TV and he's like, "Fuck that guy," because <laughs> as soon as Zach Galifianakis started to appear, Jack Black disappeared. I would say though that Jack Black's probably had his fun in a way though. Yeah, and probably yeah, has a, made some money and probably has run? like you know what I mean. So I would imagine that like whatever bitterness he might feel would be would be mitigated by the fact that he definitely has had his day in the sun. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like he didn't, and it's not like he doesn't still get to do interesting things. But you're right, he doesn't. He's not the go-to portly. Although even now Zach Galifianakis isn't the go-to portly. Yeah. Who's the new go-to portly uh, guy? Josh, Josh Gad. Josh Gad. Yeah. Yeah. Really. He is. Yeah, there it is. Which is strange. It just shows you the state of things in the world today. That he's yeah. we've gone we've gone from Zach Galifianakis to him. <clears throat> it's very interesting. The uh, the next pick on my list is actually um, I feel good that I can just throw his name in his. Con- I try to talk about this man any time I can, but this is a, a role that Mr. Bradley Pitt was mm-hmm. in uh, in Burn After Reading, Coen Brothers film. Chad Feldheimer. <laughs> the thing that I love about Chad is that he is a, f- a, s- a very scary real idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's not he's not the um, average screen doofus who's like you know nobody's really that dumb. Yeah. You know, like he's the guy that probably some of us know that really could be that 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 stupid. Um, and just like you know how obsessed he is with the gym and the way he chooses gum. I don't know. I just I just loved his character. Um, once he devises his plan for blackmailing them, once he finds the confidential data, I just you know the way he tries to sell that I find hilarious. Um, it's literally something that a child came up with. 
Um, both in the way he changes his voices when he's talking, how he's dancing by himself mm-hmm. and around people. I mean, there's just something so dumb about that character, but the key is is that of my list, it's like in the middle of it, mainly because of it's like it's a real character. You have the money. The fifty thousand dollars. That's what was agreed upon. Osborne Cox. All right, let me explain something to you, Mr. Black. You know who I am, I know who you are. Perhaps. But appearances can be deceptive. Yeah. What you're engaged in is blackmail. That is a felony, that's for starters. Appearances can be deceptive. I'm a mere good Samaritan. Secondly, the unauthorized dissemination of classified material is a federal crime. If you ever carried out your proposed threat, you would experience such a shitstorm of consequences, my friend, that your empty little head would be spinning faster than the wheels of your Schwinn bicycle back there. You think that's a Schwinn? Now, give me the fucking floppy or the CD or whatever the fuck it is as soon and as I'll you give us the way. money, dickwad. There are people out there, and what's scarier is that some of those real people are the ones that actually like get very far yes. in their life. Yes, you know what far. I mean. Like they're the ones that are our bosses in some cases. Not yeah. not right now. Not if my boss. His character's whole thing too is about that. I mean, he seems like he's he's like a positive energy kind of let's go get him kind of yeah. guy, but he's so shallow that you recognize that. Like it would if if like it would only go so far. Like he wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. don't like. He seems like he might be a good trainer or something like that. But he also seems like he might be thinking about his hair or, you know, thinking about totally. his jams or something like that. Like, like what he's mix just he's yeah, to. right yeah. yeah. He's ju- but but therefore it seems like that guy. And this is you know if anyone's listening and they are a trainer at a at a gym or something like that. I'm not saying, but I mean that's about as far as that guy's gonna go. Like he's yeah. got this. You know he's he is Brad Pitt and he is in the person of Brad Pitt. So he yeah. is like a perfect specimen. But yeah. you get the sense that like. A guy like that's not even smart enough to be hot. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. women wouldn't even be turned on by a guy that perfect if he was that like like he's like an. Although I guess we don't know if it's women that he would be interested in anyway. It's it's vague in the movie. Very. But I'm just saying like he's like a puppy dog of a person. He's yeah. not a he's you know he's not he doesn't seem like a, an adult. I guess is what I'm saying. He seems mm. like a person that exists to yeah smack gum and and, and smack gum. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, smack, I never heard that term. Yeah. I don't, I'm, yeah, gum smacking gum is like smirking. I've never yeah. <laughs> heard that term before. But with the frosted tips and the you know yeah, the dancing around to his jams. I think actually when you suggested this topic, I sent a picture of him to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he was the first person I thought of in 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 light of this of just a character who that his is his defining yeah. characteristic is yeah lack. Of and I think also just to see Brad cells. Pitt play that character also mm-hmm. adds more to it. Not because how much I like Brad Pitt, because it was something very different for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of more like. Like, you know, you talk about the character just, like, lets their guard down and just, like, does, like, not the big role that's, like, the flashy starring role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, the little side thing that you're kind of distracted by. I-, I felt that way about that character, too. But, uh, yeah. Chad. <laughs> and let's just say, poor Chad. Poor Chad. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Chad. Poor, poor Chad. I, I, that was a big criticism of that film I heard people say, that there's a point beyond which they didn't enjoy it as much anymore. I think the... That gag is so 
perfect that mm-hmm. I'll take it. But I do agree that like the it does change tone yeah. when yeah. that happens. But it's a it's also a perfect escalation of what's going on in the Absolutely. film, especially with what the character, who the character is, who's doing that, and what they think is going on, yeah, yeah. and how the paranoia it works. It works, but it's it's yeah. You you've got to have your sacrificial lambs for for one of those Coen Brother movies to to. There's a lot of bodies that pile up in one of their like you know comedy of errors. So. Yeah. Um. Well, my my next pick is a a character that. Again, when I thought of this list, I just kind of paced around and I tried to think of which characters were that funny and that stupid, but also kind of drove the plot with their stupidity. And I um, kept coming back to Jennifer Tilly as Olive Neal in Bullets Over Broadway, the Woody Mm. Allen film from 1994, where uh, John Cusack plays David Shane, a playwright who's having a hard time getting financing for a play he wants to put out, like kind of a, a, a pretentious piece of theater that's very serious and no one's very interested in it, but he finds someone who's willing to finance the play, a, um, a gangster actually named Nick Valenti, whose condition for financing the play is that they cast his girlfriend, Olive Neal, who's played by Jennifer Tilly, and she's just a ditz, but she's like a, a noxious kind of ditz. Like mm. every scene, she thinks she's putting one over on people and she's trying to charm people. And she's like, like there's a scene where she meets people and every person she walks up to, she says, charmed, charmed, charmed. <laughs> she, she keeps saying, you know, but you can tell she's like practice seeming cultured and she's not pulling it off. And there's a scene where she's like, saying a line to somebody and you know she she needs she says line to get them to finish it and what she says is something like what why do you think the world revolves around line you <laughs> you <laughs> you know and so she's messing up the play and the yeah. gag of the thing is that one of the the henchmen of Nick Valenti the the mob boss who was hanging around the the theater while they're practicing the play to kind of make sure there's no funny business with Olive um he falls in love with the material and thinks she's ruining it mm. and so the the henchman bodyguard that's working with olive it basically kind of turns on her because he thinks she's an idiot and she's messing up this play that he's kind of he's kind of growing to love and that's uh um uh chas palmentary as cheech who plays the henchman so like mm. she's got some great scenes with cheech she's got some great scenes with john cusack um you know she does things like add a ha to the end of one of her lines because she thinks it makes her character seem, you know, funnier or smarter or whatever. But it's just like she she does it about as well as I just did, you know. <laughs> and it's Jennifer Tilly who often seems like she might be, yeah, oh, maybe yeah. this person in real life, but but harnessing it in such a degree that it's so funny and it's just so focused of a performance that you think, okay, well maybe maybe Jennifer Tilly has more on the ball than you would think because I don't think you could play this dumb without being smart on a certain level. So. You know, it might be a movie that people have forgotten. I I did look uh, at the the it's of the movies I've got on my list tonight. It's the only one that cost more than it made, which is kind of odd because I thought of it as being one of Woody Allen's more kind of popular mainstream mm-hmm. efforts. But it only made about thirteen three million, and uh, it was a twenty million dollar budget. Wow. So like that's actually quite a failure. Yeah, I, for him. I've actually never seen that film. I but I you know it's one of the best non Woody Woody Allen starring films where you have John Cusack playing a character that you imagine a young Woody yeah. Allen would have played, but he doesn't play it like Woody Allen. I mean, he plays it like he's, he's basically doing it a John Cusack character, but it, it melds really perfectly. Like the insecure playwright who's kind of nervous and, you know, he's thrilled to get funding for his play, but he's recognizing too, as it goes along that the, the, the very thing that's given him the funding is, is kind of wrecking it. So he's mm. trying so hard to work with this, this extremely difficult, um, 
actress and yeah i mean i wouldn't want to just quote every line between their in their scenes but there's basically every scene she has with somebody she says something wrong she's got one of those like malapropisms or she she uh 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 you know like i said in attempting to sound smart and culture just reveals how 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 what kind of what a what a low class <laughs> person she really is but and also the movie takes some dark turns so if you haven't seen it i would i'm you know i will stop there i would not want to spoil it but bullets over broadway olive neal Bullets Over Broadway. I've never seen that movie. I should see it. You, I think you should. I think you guys would both like it, actually. I mean, I don't know what you think about Woody Allen, but... I, I like a lot of his movies. I think if you like his movies, if you're able to like his movies, you would see this one and you would see what I mean. It's like a really well-written, funny farce. That's just It's that mm. type of movie where characters are moving around and running in and out of rooms and things are kind of crazy, but there's a there's an escalation to it where you're at the center of it. You're, you're kind of seeing it through John Cusack's eyes, and you can easily imagine your dream project coming to fruition, but with strings attached that yeah. kind of ruin it, yeah. you know, which is the premise of it. Um, so my pick, my next pick is, um, I think it's Mark Whitaker is the name that it's pronounced, is the way that it's pronounced. Um, Matt Damon's character in The Informant. Ah, okay. Um, great, great, great choice. So... I am a really big fan of characters that are super aware of something, but it's not whatever it is that's really going on. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, like, you know, they think they have the one up. They think they're smarter than everybody else, but really incriminating themselves, doing things that seem inconspicuous to them but are very conspicuous to everybody else if i decide to tell you could i be prosecuted i cannot provide you with immunity but any information you tell me about your involvement in criminal activity would be discussed in a favorable light with the u.s attorney's office this involves price fixing in the lysine business take some notes price fixing in the lysine business Now, I have been in several meetings with our Japanese and Korean competitors over the last few months where the sole purpose was to fix the prices. ADM made me go to those meetings. So if you figure out the price-fixing thing, I'd be the fall guy. He seems like a real good guy. I hope he doesn't mind me calling him Brian instead of Agent Shepard. I might even try Bry out. This must be very different for him. Talking to a guy like me instead of a bank robber or a drug dealer. I could see us fishing or whatever. What a good listener. You don't meet one of those every day. It's a super, super funny character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really interesting movie. It's a it's a weird, dark comedy that I think that Matt Damon doesn't get a lot of credit for. I think Matt Damon is a great actor. Me too. And I think that it isn't until you see movies like this that you really appreciate how good he is, really. Because I think that, like, it's, you know, like, Mad Damon and that sort of <laughs> stuff that's be- kind of become a staple in making fun of him. Him and uh, Steve's favorite person in the entire world. What's that? Mad Damon's counterpart. The Ben. <laughs> the Ben. Affleck. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that Matt Damon doesn't get a lot of credit, kind of in this sort of sweep of amazing things that yeah. Ben Affleck's doing. Matt Damon is a really good actor. 
and he has a lot of comedic range too. No, he's very funny in that film, and yeah. that, you're right about that character being like a guy who you just kind of you you sort of feel sorry for him. I mean, what makes that movie kind of a comedy, outside of the fact that they cast a lot of comedians in bit mm. parts, it it's. It's kind of a sad story about a delusional guy, but it's kind of played as a comedy. Like, even the music is like a light, frothy comedy. But yeah. if you really look at the guy, he's sort of like a socially dysfunctional kind of misfit who, like you said, kind of gets into a situation way over his head and doesn't have as much control as he thinks he does. Yeah. But the performance is, a, is an extremely comic performance. Yeah, I, I do think that's an underrated one for him and yeah. for Soderbergh, actually. It's a, it's a good movie. Man. It's actually, a, yeah, a very, very interesting film. And I liked that way that the narration of the movie it didn't so much track the plot of the movie as much as it tracked his kind of thoughts and it yeah. would jump around and it'd be extemporaneous you know i've heard that as a criticism people saying some of these things that i think made the movie stronger but it, it was it was a very different film for 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 both soderbergh and for damon i think yeah. Yeah. didn't he gain a bunch of weight for that part too yeah he definitely yeah. didn't look the same in that movie yeah. it was it was it was neat it was i mean neat. it was weird seeing him play like a schlub you yeah. know you really bought him as a schlub yeah definitely um, my next pick, I'm going to go back to the late 80s, I think. Give a little attention to Lieutenant Frank Drebin yeah. from Holy the Naked shit. Gun movies. Holy um, shit. Holy shit. I can just remember, I mean, if you've Mr. seen the movie, I don't, I don't really need to say a lot. I mean, like, mm. you know, if you know the character, I, just, I can just remember being a kid and you know, 10, 8, 8, 9, 10, 12, over the course of those films coming out. And at first, n- not realizing that, like, that is some, like, that's just, it's somebody being really, 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 really stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but just feeling like, that guy is so funny. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, just how he was always able to uh, find a way to hurt his partner or to hurt somebody who was already hurt in a scene. While trying to help them, mm-hmm. um, the narration getting confused during his own narration was <laughs> looking watching them again recently. Just again, like not not detecting you know like what somebody's actually saying. You know him, him just basically making meaning up when he's hearing somebody say words, certain words like he doesn't know what they mean. He just assumes what they mean. Yeah, it just really I I just remember it was one of the first times like those parody films when I was younger like. Because I, I was a little young for, like, the airplane movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I feel like Naked Gun was one of the more uh, mainstream ones that I, I kind of caught on to what it was. Yeah. And, like, the Hot Shot movies and things like that. But, um, yeah, it's Leslie Nielsen, right? Yeah. I just remember just, like, I don't know, as I got older, I just, it clicked. I was like, wow, this guy's like, I just thought it was, like, amazing when yeah. I was younger. I, I just always relate when I think of this kind of character Somebody's so clueless and just like always able to make a situation worse. Yes. As a police officer. Yeah. You know, as a part of the police squad, as he called it at the beginning of the movies, like just finding a way to just screw up everything was just what he was made to do. So you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just like looking back on these movies, it's just is like you can't not talk about his character in that film or those films. Um yeah, just completely zaniness, you know, like that. Yeah. That was like a first dose of that for me, and uh, and those kinds of movies over the years have gotten horrible to me, you know, yeah, like those yeah. kind of parodies. So I think it's I such would, a fine line. Yeah. Like there's there's a way that you shoot them and a way that they're produced, and yeah, at that point they were still some of the funniest things I'd seen too. But yeah. now it seems like if you did that style, you would just be imitating that type of movie rather exactly. than coming at it's it weird. with whatever that tone is. 
I think it's the thing is at that time we had not seen a lot of those tropes made fun of in those ways, and now that you've seen that, yeah, everything's yeah. been parodied and satirized right. so much that right. that it seems like oh, there's just a formula to these spoofs. But at the time, it was like it was fun just seeing somebody with you know put some production value into a into a comedy like yeah. that, and yet have it be that in the chase when the two guys are fighting. The one guy throws a towel at the other guy, and it he lands on his face, and he acts like <laughs> it may as well have been like, like molten metal or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know. But I mean, that's just grown ups goofing around with with a budget, you know. I think there yeah. is something to be said for that kind of that style, that Zucker Abrams Zucker sure. House style. Yeah. Any particular film, just the series, or yeah, I just I yeah. mean, I actually watched them over the past month, just downloaded them and checked them out. I hadn't seen mm-hmm. them in so long. I mean, was, I probably was it weird I, seeing OJ in in there. Yes. Very yeah, weird. So Even though he gets knocked around, so there's some there's some yeah perverse thrill. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I'd probably go with the first one if I if I was gonna pick one mm-hmm. of, of of a highlight. But just because at that point you're like that's the character. It's like what I've never seen that kind of character before. Right. But um, they maintained it pretty well through the movies. I think. I mean, it gets a little tiring by the end, but mm-hmm. still a fun character to watch. Well, yeah, those movies could do that. You know, they could be unfunny for a stretch of a few minutes and then hit you with a gag that was just hilarious yeah. and you would kind of forgive the rest of it. But Well, my next pick is uh, quite a fine actor. In, in uh, 1988, when Kevin Klein played Otto West in The Fish Called Wanda, I don't know if people in general knew how funny he was or how much comedy he had done before this, but I think what makes this character of Otto West so funny is the fact that it's Kevin Klein throwing himself into it with all the zeal of like a great stage actor. But this character he's playing is this larger-than-life idiot who is, you know, he's an American in England. He's he's always, uh, you know, yelling at uh, British drivers. And he's all over the road, and he's like, you know, frequently in the film, he like swerves and says "asshole" at somebody. <laughs> um, he's he's a guy who thinks of himself kind of as an intellectual because he reads f- philosophy, and he he's you know. He, he thinks he's smart, but he's so not. And he's really sensitive about being called stupid. And several times in the movie when someone goes to call him stupid or they call him stupid, he says, don't call me stupid. And you can see he's really sensitive about it. And it's like that tension of a guy who's super egotistical about being about being smart, but he's not. And, and he's tired of people telling him that he's stupid and it's making him mad. And he's going to have these outbursts of violence and he's going to do dumb things. But he's just smart enough to convince himself that he's smart, you know. Right. Um. It's it's I mean it's just really funny, really well written movie. I don't know if you remember much about that film, but like the, you've got John Cleese, you've got Jamie Lee Curtis, you've got Michael Palin, and you've got Kevin Klein. All four characters are funny, interesting characters in their own right. It's not like one of those movies where you've got a comedy and you've got one wacky character and then everybody else is normal. Yeah, it's like everybody's funny, and the way they bounce off of each other throughout the film you get these little pairings between you know there's four characters you get two or three of them in a scene together and they bounce off of each other in interesting ways everybody has their own agenda and nobody is more of a of a catalyst for some of these events than the than Otto don't call me stupid oh right to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people I've known sheep that could outwit you I've worn dresses with higher IQs but you think you're an intellectual don't you ape Apes don't read philosophy. Yes, they do, Otto. They just don't understand it. The movie also works on the level of like a, a, a farce with really fast dialogue and really fast turnarounds in the character department. So mm. he kind of represents the ugly American. I mean, he's always complaining and bragging about how America saved Britain's ass in the war and all that kind of stuff. And 
And, you know, I, on some level now I see it as John Cleese, like, you know, thumbing his nose at the notion of the kind of ugly American character. Yeah. But the British characters are played as kind of twits in this film, too. So it's really just a nasty, dark comedy that really lets everybody be awful. But it also, in the course of that, lets everybody be funny. But, the yeah, definitely. Otto West. If you haven't seen that film. You... I saw it years ago. Otto West. Oh, and this movie was made for $7.5 million and grossed about $62.5 million. So, oh, wow. again, for 1988 pretty darn big hit it's a hit um actually my pick my last pick was naked gun oh it was? Uh, that character oh really yeah it's weird i was gonna tell you that but you were talking about the movie and all the <laughs> points you made i just remember naked gun 33 and a third yeah found in nicole smith and he's like a the curtain kind of falls back and he's about to kiss her and then she pulls her lower garment down and then a, a curvy penis comes yeah. out he, he gawks at it and he looks at the audience man it's like stuff like that so funny do you, now do you remember the airplane films from your childhood at all or were they, you know? I yes because my dad used to watch them um, they were I remember them being super funny mm-hmm. I I like slapstick stuff and corny jokes and <clears throat> hilarious references to sexual innuendos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I remember it being really funny. That's a shocker. The guy who came up with, as always, You've Made Us Gay is a fan of sexual yeah. innuendos. <laughs> who who would have who ever thought? No, who would have thunk it? <laughs> I wouldn't have thunk it. Well... My last pick is I was hoping that somebody else would mention them so I could squeeze in an extra choice here. But I'm not going to risk it because I'm not sure that John's going to pick these guys. Oh. And they need to be spoken about. Okay. Um, they may be the ultimate uh, by name of their film. Ah. Dumb and dumbest person that have ever <laughs> graced the screen. Uh, they call it the silver screen. Yes. Uh, Harry Dunn and Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> 1994. Jim Carrey. Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Yes. <laughs> always mixed them up. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it has been. Yeah. Well, yeah, the new one came out last year, and they said it was like the 20-year whatever. Ugh. Um, Can we make that sound for that movie? Ugh. Well, the, the sequel or whatever? Yeah, the yeah, sequel. No, you can make any horrible sound you, cho- you choose. Ah, um, oh, man. I, I really don't know a lot to say about Dumb and Dumber. Um if you don't know why I would choose these characters as probably the my choice for probably the dumbest characters ever to be on screen, um, this movie hit perfectly for me at the age that I was when it came out, mm-hmm. 13 years old, 12 years old, um, because everything that represented them, their intellect, their maturity level, how horny they were, yeah. pretty much was about the age of a 12 or 13-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty much in line with where I was in life. So I was like, oh, they're kind of like... <laughs> I feel dumb like them or whatever, you know? Um, but just the pranks they pull on each other, like how misfortunate they are, um, just completely... Um, the fact that they'll play disgusting, immature pranks on each other, and then the other one like spends half a second being mad and then laughs really hard. You know what I mean? Like They're yeah. both so stupid that even when they've had a horrible prank played on them that inconveniences everybody... 
they instantly think it's funny. It's like that's the level, yeah, of those mm. two characters, and they kind of deserve each other. You know, it's it's oh, a, it's it's like a brother from a different mother kind yeah. of thing. You sort know, of like, like stepbrothers in a different. I mean, you know, yeah, a different no, no. tone, but it's similar a dynamic. And like even in moments like when you you know there's uh like they're so they're so clueless about everything, and like unable to focus on a problem, that even when they're like arguing or they have a problem, mm-hmm. it's like they're immediately distracted by something else that's way more important than, like, a, a, an important thing. Yeah. You know? And, like, in, in the way the movie plays the characters up, like, when, when one of them makes a huge mistake, and you have a moment where you're like, he's going to call him out on trading the van in for a minibike. Yeah. Like, and, and, and he has that great line, like, just when I didn't think you could... Uh, what, what is he... I took the quote down. Just when I didn't think you could possibly be any dumber... You're going to do something like this and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> like that kind of that kind of play is just like what makes that movie perfect because there's yeah. nothing to check. Yeah. How yeah. how dumb one of the other. That's is. exactly it. Yeah. And and they and they and they like perpetuate <laughs> how stupid they are. You're it. You're it. You're it. Quitsies. Any quitsies. You're it. Quitsies. No any quitsies. No startsies. You can't do that. Can't do. Cannot. Stamped it. Can't do. Double stamped it. No erases. Cannot. Triple stamped it. No erases. Touch no, blue. No, make it no, through. No. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lord, you can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lord, Lord, you guys. Enough. I mean, I don't know if there's a movie growing up like you know. There's tons of movies we we all quote, especially like Ron and I, the age that we're at. But like. There's so many dumb and dumber quotes. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't think I can. I don't think there's a number that exists. So you're that saying there's quanti- a chance that would that would quantify quotes like that or Samsonite. I was way off. Yeah. Like I don't know how many. I've said those in my life more times than I think a number exists to explain. Like those are probably some of my most quoted movie lines ever because it just fits any any time. You know. Yeah. Like, well, you know, you mentioned the child mind of those characters, and I do think it's interesting because so often they're dumb about something. They don't get it. They're naive. Then they think they've got it figured out. And they've got this kind of like, I know what to do here. Yeah. I got this. And then it escalates from that. You know, it's like, that's just the jumping point of how wrong things go. But that's like such a, that is the way your brain works when you're a kid. Absolutely. You you filter things through and you go, okay, I think I understand what's going on. I think I know how to act. And then like you, sometimes it's just circumstance that saved you from doing something incredibly stupid or destructive, you know, or like you said, you had a friend who wasn't as dumb as you in that moment. Right. Somebody to check you. But like those two characters kind of stumbling forward, why why couldn't they, I mean, frankly, why could, even though like now we can look back and say they shouldn't have made a second one. Yeah. Why couldn't they have come up with, you know, five or six more solid gags in 20 years that would have worked with those characters because that movie could have been been it wasn't like Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey didn't show up and didn't try but the material just was not there there's the scene of them on the couch with the phones where they don't realize that they're talking on the phone to the other one when they're sitting right next to each other. There is something kind of funny about that. Yeah. And I know because on the trailer when it aired, Henry laughed at that scene, and I was like, okay, I'm yeah. hard on this movie because it was a disappointment. But the you know, a seven-year-old can totally get that two guys sitting scene. next to each other on the couch, and then they're both doing this, not realizing that they're yeah. talking to each other. Pretty funny stuff. But, but yeah, that was about it. Yeah. What you said before, I wanted to just tag. You said, like, you know, there's usually circumstance or that person that like stops it from going out of control yeah. but in this in this situation it's the other person that actually helps it go yes. out yeah. of control which is just what is amazing about it mm-hmm. uh and this little other scene like when they're when they're uh i think it's towards the end of the movie actually when when they're like walking down the road 
and the and the the, the bus full of Hawaiian tropic uh, swimsuit models like pull up and they're like they're just like walking they're lost they have no ride and mm. like they are like trying to get a ride they don't even like catch on you know that there's an <laughs> yeah. opportunity for a ride they like send them the other way yeah. and like make the... fun of how dumb they are for going the wrong direction <laughs> yeah. like just shit like that like it's so it's so funny to me and it never gets old mm-hmm. never gets old but um, doesn't that again remind you of like. Ten-year-old, you and your buddy walking down the street, and yes. you're, you're both you're both yeah. trying yes. so hard to figure out what the world is, and you, you couldn't be distracted yeah. from anything else except <laughs> yeah. for you're walking down the street without a. You way can to literally get to where you're be going. thinking, "Man, I wish we had something to do," and then like avoid something to do, you know, together. That's funny. Was that yeah. in the first one? Uh, I, if I yeah. if you were ranking them, that I, yeah. I kind of was trying to like mix them up, but yeah, that would be number one. I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. That, they're kind of an ultimate. I'll say that my, my last pick is the other one that I thought of as like the ultimate. Um, Brick Tamlin was another one I had. Wait, wait, like, it, let, the, let me try to read your yeah. mind a little bit. Is this character, the actor who plays this character, was he involved in a choice that you made earlier? I don't think so. No. Oh, no. okay. I'm going. I, I'm going back. I stand back then because I thought you for sure you were going to pick this character and I didn't mention him. Mm. It's, it's, I, it may be someone that I would have mentioned, but I, when I thought of Inspector Clouseau, okay, played by Peter that Sellers, other, yeah. I just couldn't. I yeah. mean, every scene that I, you know, you look at YouTube clips of Peter Sellers playing Inspector Clouseau. It's like yes, those movies probably. If you watch them, you know, by the time you get to the fifth movie, there's probably some pretty sloppy storytelling. And I know, I looked at the, the, like the, the first two came out within a couple of years of each other. The first Pink Panther movie was not an Inspector Clouseau film. It right. was a film about the, the jewel thief played by David Niven. And Inspector Clouseau was the bumbling, like secondary character who's like, the bumbling inspector who's not going to catch the guy. Sure, sure, sure. And, but he was kind of the breakout character. And then the second film, A Shot in the Dark, which came out like a year later in 1964, um, it was an, an Inspector Clouseau film, but not a Pink Panther film. Right. Then it was like 12 years later that they started coming back with what most people might be picturing in their head when they're picturing the Inspector Clouseau films, which is the ones that are much more kind of formulaic. But even those films have, like, there's four or five scenes in every one of them that is a hilarious <laughs> bit of slapstick along one of those scenes where you start with one thing and you cut to another thing and you cut to, and you show how this is all escalating, the gas is leaking, the flame, you know what I mean? Like, you, you yeah. show how it's all coming together. Um, and you know he's got his terrible disguises, and every, you know he's got yeah. his his manservant Cato, who is 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 tasked with hiding out in his place and trying to jump out and attack him. And they have these <laughs> fights where they destroy their house. You know he, he's he's the I I remember when Stephen Colbert talked about the character he played as Stephen Colbert, and he referred to him as a high status idiot. And mm. I think that Inspector Clouseau is like the ultimate high status idiot because he, like Otto West, uh, played by Kevin Klein, he thinks he's the smartest person in the room. But with Clouseau, there's this weird dignity mm. that he tries to maintain, what, what, no matter what's going on. And everyone in the room but him knows that the jig is up and that he's not fooling anybody, but he's still holding on to his pride. And like um, this was a scene from Shot in the Dark where he's going to talk to somebody and he's questioning them. And he's, you know, he's doing the inspector. It's like he's trying to do the Columbo thing. Frequently, mm. Clouseau is trying to be Columbo. He's trying to hang around and ask questions and be like, oh, I see, you know, to the person. Yeah. But instead, he's making an ass of himself. But So they're in a billiards room and they're, they're playing pool. First, he goes over and he picks up the bridge. Mm. And he says, it's a strange looking pool cue. And the guy says, that's the bridge. And then he goes and gets a regular pool cue and says, yes, I prefer the standard <laughs> cue. <laughs> he breaks the pool cue while he's talking to the guy and tries to put it back together secretly while he's questioning the guy. And then he puts it back together and it's bent, like it's banana shape. And when he finally goes to 
use it, he can he sees that it's not going to work because it's curved up, and so he kind of subtly tries to curve it down, and then goes and just rips the the felt on the pool table, and then tries to keep the guy's attention while he secretly tries to like pull the tear. You know, it's the fumbling to try to fix the yeah. thing you just broke while you're like, mm-hmm. like something's on fire or something's ripped, and you're like thinking maybe if I just push this over and put something on top of it, no one will yeah. notice. And then as he leaves, he puts a pool cue down, and all the pool cues fall out of the thing. You know, he wrestles with the pool rack. Yeah. And as he leaves, this is the other ultimate Clouseau thing, is you always have to blame the inanimate object that you just broke. So he says, whoever designed that rack should have his head examined as he's leaving. Yeah, that's you know? great. So yeah. it's the ego, it's the idiocy, it's the thinking you're the smartest guy in the room, it's yeah. the slapstick. I mean, I watched four or five clips, and I was just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the movies around these clips would hold up at all, but, I mean, Peter Sellers was one of the best actors ever, yeah. and he was... I don't think he even liked playing this character. I think he thought it was beneath him, but he threw himself into it so much. Yeah, you got to give Clouseau a spot. So mm-hmm. maybe it's it's fitting that in our episode about cinematic idiots, we're we're ending on the great Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> what else uh, did you get, not get to mention? Anybody else? Any Ulcerans, or did you really come in with five? Type five. Type I'm trying five. to think of. I wanted to mention uh, Romy and Michelle, which is like. Good one. I yeah, mean, it's a not really good not a movie that like tons of people love, but amongst our group of friends and my friends, like we love that movie and quote that movie all yeah. the time. Um, I feel like that's become a cult classic. It is. It it, it, absolutely, yeah. you're right. That's what I think it is. It's like it's not like a mainstream one. Yeah. Like sometimes you'll mention it, and people don't even know what I'm you're talking about. But um, very similar to like the Dumb and Dumber type of duo, like where they just you know the world is their oyster and it's one big sleepover party. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like and it's perhaps significant because you don't off. I mean, they're female yeah characters, no. which you don't you know you don't always they don't women don't always get to play with those types of comedic roles. Where yeah, they're, it's extreme. So that yeah, was fun. So I thought they were great. Um, yeah, it's great. Plus, it's like the the plot line of that, just the idea of the lovable losers. Like going, I mean, everyone, whether you had a good high school experience or not, you can relate to oh, yeah. that anxiety going into the reunion and wanting to seem cool. So, yeah, like the fact that these two idiots successful. are trying to seem cool is just, yeah, it's like, great, I'm man. smiling just just thinking of yeah, it. It's you a know. fun movie. And so Netflix. Well, it Steve is. Martin and the Jerk. That's the one I thought yeah. you would have mentioned. Yeah, that I was I was reserving for you when he's in front of the gas station and the guy's shooting at him and he's hitting the cans of oil and then he says he hates these cans. <laughs> Isn't like the what? What's his first line in the movie? Well, he was a poor black sharecropper. Yeah. <laughs> done. I'm done at that line. I was born a, a poor black sharecropper. Yeah, I was born a... Yeah, that was it. Well, the great thing I love is when he's leaving home and the family says goodbye to him and they give him their presents and everything and he leaves and he goes, stands out in front and he's trying to hitchhike away and that night they're sitting at the table having dinner and the mom says she misses her baby and she wonders how he's doing and one of the kids goes over to the window and yells out, how are you doing? And he's still yeah. standing out there trying to hitchhike. And he finally gets picked up by a guy, and the guy says, I'm only going down to my place. And he literally drives him like the length of the fence and lets him out. (laughs) But that's another movie where literally every scene takes a different path than it would in a different movie because you're following the logic of this idiot character. So you will spend a minute with him getting in a guy's truck, driving down the length of a fence, opening the thing, getting out. And in the meantime, he still says, hi, what's your name? And the guy says, here we are. And he's like, all right, great knowing you. You know, I mean, he's still, he's such a positive character. I think a lot of these idiots that we're talking about, they're sort of, there's something kind of, I don't know, 
like they, they can't be stopped on some level. Like they're they're not there's you sort of identify. It's almost like they don't give up. I guess is what I'm saying. Like yeah. they they're, they're idiots, but the fact that they don't seem to know that they're idiots gives yeah. them the ability to keep going in a situation where they really should should just be. It's like it's like almost like a constant wonder. Yeah, yeah. it's like and I think it goes back to like almost relating a lot of them to like children. Yeah, very childlike. You know, like yeah. that that area. Like nothing's gonna stop you from being curious or like right driven about knowing something. You know, it's like yeah. why why you know like you, you just you just always are following it with something but and maybe like maybe no matter how something. idiotic a character is audiences will side with them if they have that kind of innocence to yeah them. no you're totally right Definitely. what are you saying I, I tend to like characters like that I really do um who else did I have there was a ton man I just I, you said Brick yeah um I gave a shout out to Dewey Riley from the Scream trilogy yeah. um I had Spicoli from Fast Times Ron Burgundy, who we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Um, there was one that I wanted to. Oh, I had Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. I said that I had a note that maybe Keanu was so convincing that he really hasn't ever been able to shake the image <laughs> of Ted. I Logan. do think it. I wonder. You know, it would be interesting. What What would people think of Keanu Reeves if he hadn't done? I mean, I'm not. I think Bill and Ted is great, and I think he's he's. Yeah. They're both very funny yeah. in it. But what would the impression of Keanu Reeves be if he hadn't done something that crystallized that surfer dude thing so perfectly as Bill and Ted? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. would would people be going? I mean, he would still be the same guy that says "whoa" and everything. But do you know what I mean? Would the yep. jokes be as? I think people do confuse him with that character. I think so too. It's kind of sad because he's he's solid once you see him. I think him he's. And... I think he's. I, I like him more and more. Like yeah. literally every minute, I I think about him. I like him more. He just seems like a smart calm I, again he seems I, mean, I might be completely wrong but he just seems like a reasonable guy with like it's crept up on me that he's he's got talent you know yeah. people kind of misinterpret that sort of calmness and... well he's shown up in too many movies maybe where he was miscast like I remember yeah. in Bram Stoker's Dracula where he just was oh, really not so, he did not yeah. seem like he was of that era you know yep. and I think that hurts a lot of actors and mm. you know when they I can't remember who what there was an actress recently I was thinking that about where I was like she's good but the casting hasn't been helping I don't know who it was. It might have been Melissa McCarthy, but like the types of roles that someone's given are based on a certain thing that people think that they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes then you see them break out of it, and you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe this actor is actually more interesting than I was willing to give them credit for. Yeah. But. I had two more. I had uh, Ishmael from Kingpin, mm-hmm. Randy Quaid. <laughs> and this is kind of like an odd one, but I... I... Boy, Randy Quaid. <laughs> um, His most recent film that he released is also kind of oh, idiotic. Yeah. yeah. Um, is um, Ellen Wilson uh, as Dignan in Bottle Rocket. Ah, yeah, yeah. No, Dignan was mm. one I, I... I absolutely adore Bottle Rocket, and we talk about Wes Anderson all the yeah. time. Um, but Dignan... I mean, that was like basically Owen Wilson's breakthrough. Yeah. You know? Um, but his whole like 50-year plan, like for his 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 life plan for, for being a criminal... Yeah. I, I That whole scene and like... There's a scene I think where he's asked about why he has, sh- or like, did did you did you get your hair cut short? And he's like, mm-hmm. no, I just have short hair. Like, just you know, like he's he's not a dumb character, but he's stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like he he. No, has actually, a- I thought about him and I debated whether it was whether it was cruel yeah. to call him an idiot or not. But I I I, he, I, I feel like he fits the bill. He's borderline, but just some of the some of the comments you know that he makes throughout the movie, um, like when he gets the the jumpsuit and mm-hmm. rides around that little. Dirt- but the, you know what it is? It's very. It's like we said. It's very childlike. There's something very childlike yeah. about Dignan, and the fact that there's kind of a you want to protect him a little bit. I actually was, um, you know, uh, 
I had briefly considered too Ash, particularly in Army of Darkness, yeah. where he's just, you know, saying the incantation wrong and we're going around saying, "Don't worry, I got this." His attitude of <laughs> "Don't worry, I got this," while he makes things worse for everybody. You know, that's is, a really good point. It's that, really funny. That's kind of what it is for all of them. Yeah, you know, it's like there's no concern mm-hmm. for any problem that they see as not existing. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's totally that's totally spot on. But yeah. Dignan was like one of the ones I just like. Yeah, no, Dignan's he's great. Borderline, but no, but he's funny. He's funny because of that. And you got to remember that first time you saw Bottle Rocket, you hadn't seen Owen Wilson in a ton yeah. of things, if anything. And he really was like, "Who's this guy?" Like, I love. I remember seeing that film and loving Dignan. Like, going like, "I love this man, this, right, this, exactly. this fictional character exactly. who shows up on a scooter in his little jumpsuit." And what's interesting <laughs> is it was before Wes Anderson's style. Like, it was. It was not as quirky of a film overall. Like yeah. there were some quirky elements. Now, okay, guy in a colorful jumpsuit on a scooter—that sounds like Wes Anderson, you know, playing a parody of Wes Anderson. Sure. But at the time, that movie didn't feel like it was taking place in a in a like a a different world, world. the way so many of his movies do. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it I think, and in some ways, I think it's still his strongest film for that reason. Like, oh yeah, I love that movie. That's all I had. Tons of idiots out there, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, one more. And this is not even like a comedy, yeah. But Mark Wahlberg's character in The Happening, <laughs> I didn't see it. Any dig I can throw at that movie, um, and and mainly also because he's not a dumb character. He's like a teacher, right. science teacher. But he's playing, yeah. But he's... he like he's like this wide eye. Like he, there's literally a part like when he's talking to a plant in a pot, like when he's starting to realize what he thinks is going on. See, but that sounds funny to me. That to me sounds like a scene where they know they're doing something a little bit weird when they have a house plant. I don't know, that's man. To be scary. John, watch the happening. That's a weird movie. The, you know what? You know what? Your 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 plan that we've never done. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the, the, the counselor. The, the counselor. I say we throw the happening into that pot. So as we've well. got the council. We've got counselor schmounselor. We've got happening schmackening, Schmack- and Dude, we've got like, we stretch schmetch. Stretch schmetch. <laughs> we got. We could just do like a triple feature one day. Yeah. And just like bang them all out. Yeah. But the happening, oh my god, man! And it's like there's so much good people. Like there's a lot of goodness involved in this movie that some might say. But wow, that movie just goes off see, the rails. See, so I fast. Lo- I love the wide-eyed quality that Mark Wahlberg can bring, but it can be so misused. It can be so wrong. You know what oh, I mean? He's so mis. Oh man! But like in this is the like in I Heart Huckabees though, he's it's great it's perfect. It. You know perfect. what? I mean? He's he's great in that. But he's doing a lot of that same kind of stuff of a guy who's like I don't know. I just am saying I think he plays. I don't think you know. Well, I don't know for sure, but yeah, I have man. seen scenes from the happening of him like talking, I need to watch and he seems—it's just like I just don't buy it. I don't buy, I don't like, buy you know, a single you know, like, syllable the, of you it. You know, like the Andy Samberg like parody, like when he's talking. Yes. Like, it's like it's—he's like that. He's like, Come on, plant. Come on, don't you want to grow, plant? You know, he's like he can't act, man. Like I—I I have I, I like Mark. <laughs> tell Wahlberg. your mama said hey. Plant, tell your mama said. I I like Mark Wahlberg in general, and I feel like he makes some entertaining movies. But that my... movie. <laughs> On a top ten list of of worst movies that, I think ever. that the movie that everyone likes him for, it wasn't him that the movie was good for. Departed. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's 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 the Departed sort of effect where everybody's like, Mark Wahlberg's amazing. The Departed was amazing. No, that's like the credibility if you movie. Really watch that movie. I, I actually thought he's. I, I actually enjoy him. See, in the I, Departed. I, I, I think have... I agree with what you're saying, but I think that what I, I would say what. It's it's that he was really cast well in a well written role in a movie that was well directed. It's yeah. like that's the problem with him so often. It's not that he can't do it. It's just that it doesn't seem like there's anybody 
Like it's 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 you know you were saying it about Schwarzenegger when we started yeah. this, and not, I don't know if that'll be in this episode <laughs> or not. But like that whole idea that this person doesn't really have a, they've lucked out in a few times and they've gotten this image, but. Wahlberg being cast in a movie doesn't mean anything yeah, for that sure. movie. Can Absolutely. he carry a movie is a question. He can. But I he think does, the answer he doesn't is yes. always. Yeah. Wait, what? But I, I think he can it. for sure. I'm saying he can, but he doesn't. Give me a movie. Lone Survivor recently. I didn't see that. Oh, monster hit. On. Shooter. Monster hit. Shooter. Not a the good. The Italian movie. Job. Monster hit. He he carried that movie to you. Italian Job. He's the star of the movie. Mark Wahlberg. Who else carried it? I mean, Everybody it's an ensemble else? cast, but he's the star of the movie. The ensemble. Nah, I, I, I would disagree I see with what that. you're saying, though. I mean, it's I like... Just, it's, I just think that, like... I, I, I agree with your yeah, criticism of Mark Wahlberg. It's smoke and mirrors. But I think in the reality of Hollywood, he it, is a star. Like, he can, he can carry the right movie. Like, he's had movies that have flopped, no doubt. Like, you know, the, the what is it, uh, Max Payne movie that he mm-hmm, had was, yeah. was, a, was a huge disaster. I would love to see a character-driven movie. But that may not be who he is, though. Yeah. You know, we're talking about carrying a movie, not like Cause, having I mean, an amazing performance. And did you like Ted? Oh, I'm not a fan of Ted, but that, that, t- that's an example. I mean, I wonder how it's gonna. I'm, that I'm movie's gonna be huge. Yeah, it is. I'm curious to see how it's gonna. And be the, the trailer plays number. too. I gotta give it credit. I yeah. think I think the trailer plays. It looks funnier than the first, actually. But I don't know. I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying about you. You think it looks funnier than A Million Ways to Die in the West? <laughs> yes. So much funnier. Yeah, I don't know. But the Mark Wahlberg... I, I, I'm not saying he's done it routinely. I'm just saying I believe... I've seen him cast well enough to believe that he could carry a movie. But if what you're saying is, is it really his charisma that would be carrying the movie, it might not be. It might be the material that would be carrying think, the movie. Like, did you see the, the Gambler? The Gambler remake? No. Did you, John? You said mm-hmm. it was bad. You didn't like I, I, it. I didn't. I didn't think it was bad, but I think it's a good example of like him being miscast, mm-hmm. like I, like like well? trying to do what you think or what we're saying he can do, mm-hmm. yeah. but maybe just that not being the right movie. Like I don't think he's like he's nowhere. It's not like his worst movie. He's not horrible in it or anything like that. But I I could feel like a better movie with somebody else in that role. Yeah, and you and you really get a sense for like he doesn't have the legs for like certain types of. Beats or moments, and and that movie is all about that character, except for maybe ten minutes that they give to John Goodman, who just fucking kills it. I mean, he is the best part about that movie. But um, I don't know, man. Like I don't know. I like him in Boogie Nights. Oh, Boogie Nights was great. Boogie Nights. I didn't like. Again. Boogie Nights was amazing because of everybody reacting no, I, to him. I, I agree with that. But I mean, I t- everybody I've, around I've him is great. I've come to enjoy his performance in Boogie Nights, but when I first saw it, I, I, I was like, I "What did the not, fuck?" I is didn't this? think he was that good. What's like, the movie he's in with um, Joaquin Phoenix, like in New York? Like, uh, he's a cop. Oh yeah, James. Um, who directed that movie? That movie is good. I, the The Nines. No, The Nines. He was at, no. he was uh, with a uh, beautiful lady, Hispanic. Surely. Lady. No, I'm thinking of the one, I think, when he's with Charlize Theron. Oh, I thought he was with, um... I love this conversation right now. <laughs> what is that movie Maybe called? it was... No, I thought he was with Eva Mendes. He was in The Fighter, also. I'm looking at other movies he Okay, was in. The Fighter was good. We Own the Night. We Own the Night, Eva yeah. Mendes. We Own oh. the Night's what I'm thinking of. Oh, no, no, Wait. no. Uh, uh, was it renamed? No, no, okay. We Own the Night is with Eva Mendes... The Yards, the is Yards, with Charlize Theron. That's the that's one what I was thinking of. The Yards, instead of the Nines. The Yards is a. Oh, if you've obviously never getting seen confused that movie. with that. That's nine really yards. good. Yeah. Maybe I have. That's um, that's a. 
a James Gray movie. Really solid really? movie, yeah. Okay. I feel like, you know, an example <clears throat> of a movie that he could actually be yeah. like a good dramatic beat in, you know. I feel like I we should do like play. a retrospective of Mark Wahlberg. I know, man. <laughs> How about Three Kings? Yeah. <sighs> That's a great movie. But is he great? In I it? I think he's I think he is in that movie. I think he's great in it. But I see your point about him not fully carrying it. That's still I, that's still I think that's still so. got he a great ensemble and is still a very a director. right. He, but he doesn't carry that movie. I'm not saying he I does. Never, I just think he's great for that act. I that, feel that like role. he gets lost in a character. I d- I do. I but, know it's uh, weird. David O. Russell has a really good track right? Like let's at yeah. least say that like David O. Russell seems to be able to tap into something. You know, David O. Russell is such a there's like a intensity to him. That I think maybe he taps in, you know, because Mark Wahlberg is a guy who had like a rough childhood and did, you know, got involved with a bunch of crazy shit and got famous fast and young and then has had a long career since then. And I, I don't doubt that David O. Russell is able to harness something because David O. Russell, like, you know, by all accounts, he's like kind of a he, he bites, he yells, he's kind of he can be kind of abrasive. I wonder if maybe he's the, he's able to get something out of Mark Wahlberg that other directors maybe. are intimidated by him because Mark Wahlberg probably could be an intimidating definitely guy. you yeah, know another yeah, movie yeah. that we i don't know did you mention pain and gain that's another one where he was really i was good. i was yeah. gonna just pain say that and gain was he was amazing in that yeah he was good in that but and it was, was one like, where it was like perfect cat like they found a great role that played to his kind of wide-eyed sort of dim bulb kind of appeal you know dude has nine projects in in Wowzer. Right he works hard. Yeah, he's that, he, he's like a That's one thing you cannot beast, say about he, him. You can he had say four he, movies come out in twenty thirteen right. and two in twenty fourteen. You can say that he can't act. That's a lot. But he is fuck he's a hard worker. Well James Franco, I was looking at IMDB at like what he's got coming in two thousand fifteen and it was it was like really? fourteen things wow. or something. <laughs> I mean some of them might be short films and, yeah. and things where he's like you know, I don't like. It's hard to tell from just the IMDb listings what they yeah. really are and when they'll come out. Actually, but still, sure. I was shocked. I was like, "Wow, that's you know." But that's another guy who who works yeah, really he's got steadily. 14. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. Good, good, good conversation. I feel yeah. like yeah. maybe we should do that. Like, do like a retrospective of a, like actors, like some of our episodes. Yeah, That'd I can talk cool, Wahlberg all day. I can right? Talk no, we, we always get on these topics where we start mm-hmm. getting down this path of like you know Tom Cruise or Wahlberg yeah. or. Even talking about like somebody like John C. Riley earlier yeah. in the episode, we could have a conversation about that easily. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it'd be cool. Maybe we should decide. Maybe we should come up with an idea of like the sh- the schmoovy pantheon, where we would like just talk about like we we would all agree like one of these actors that we've talked about or one of these actresses that we know we like a lot, and just you know, yeah, man, that'd be cool. Just that'd kind of, of do do like a yeah beginning to end of their just go of their career. Their, yeah, their career that'd be awesome. Require a lot of work. Are you ready to watch? I like to uh, work. Um, What's a I don't know what's a Wahlberg film you wouldn't want to watch? Um, the Big Hit. I like The Big Hit. There you go. There's your answer. You like The Big Hit. Lucky Mark. <laughs> he carries it. Carries it. <laughs> I like The Big Hit. Carries it, so. buddy. Well, I don't know, but that that is another day. Yes. And we are at the end of this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cinematic idiots. Plenty to go around. Take Whew. your pick. Enjoy yeah. them. I'm sure any choice that we made today would 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 have you smiling ear to ear. Right. Um, I really do think so. That's one yeah, thing that oh, all these yeah. choices on my list were when I watched clips from them, I was laughing. And it's like, I realized that that would be the standard, that if I didn't go back and find it just as funny as I thought, that it wouldn't yeah. make the list. And, yeah, question that. Yeah, And it's true. Dumb dumb characters are funny. So if you're out yeah. there writing your movie, even though it might seem like the most cliche thing to have a dumb character in there, it's probably a safe bet that that will be the best, will the work. best source of humor. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll work. Person. It will work. All right, guys. Well, thanks uh, for listening. Uh, hit us up on the social medias. 
of your choice. I'm sure we're there. And uh, as always, you you made a day. <laughs> you, you beat me that time. You drew too slow, Ronald. I did. <laughs>